And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. This is our special edition every week. It's called Group Therapy. I sit down with these two gentlemen across uh, the way from me. If you are looking, uh, as in watching, I should say, uh, this podcast, we do appreciate it. Or if you're listening, we do appreciate it. And if you are listening, I'm going to go ahead and let these two guys introduce themselves real quick uh, so that you can put a sound to a face and a name. So we're going to start on my left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm the sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And the right. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the news. And as I said, my name is McHugh David. So getting into it today... Uh, we've got lots to talk about. Unfortunately, a lot of it isn't as connected as I usually like uh, to sort of keep the flow going. So we're going to try to keep this um, as not as disjointed as possible. So first and foremost, I do want to bring up uh, booster shots. This has recently become something that uh, has been pushed or is being pushed, I should say. Yeah. We are in the act of pushing. Uh, us are reporting, you know, the Louisiana Department of Health uh, has approved booster shots as something that they're going to get behind. David, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was earlier this week, the Department of Health. They uh, followed federal guidance, and there's been a lot of uh, confusion over, I guess, from, you know, between the FDA and the CDC on exactly who qualifies for a booster shot. But uh, for the Department of Health, for Louisiana's purposes, they're going to uh, basically go by if you took the Pfizer vaccine, which we all know is the two dose vaccine, and that was the first one to receive full approval from the FDA to you know to have the you know have the regular approval, not the emergency use authorization like the other two. So if you took that, the if you completed the Pfizer vaccine six months out, you are eligible for a booster shot. If you are if you're 65 and older, if you're 18 and older, and have uh, certain health conditions. Uh, that would make you more uh, susceptible to a severe outcome from COVID. Or if you're 18 and older and work in an environment that puts you at more exposure, uh, you know, some of the examples that uh, the state health officer gave were, you know, nursing homes, prisons, assisted living facilities, hospitals, uh, classrooms, if you're a teacher, you know, those sort of professions that put you, put you in contact with a lot of people, you're eligible for that third booster shot now. During a Zoom call the other day, uh, Dr. Joe Canner, the state health, health officer, he kind of, there was uh, last year, there were, or last month, I should say, there was an announcement on third doses being made available to people one month after they took either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. That is different than this, uh, than this latest announcement about booster shots. That third dose is really for people who have uh, what he called uh, immunosuppressed uh or immune systems that were uh, very compromised, you know, people who are undergoing cancer treatment, who recently had an organ transplant, who take high, do high dosage steroids, those people's, uh, people like that who have, you know, and he said that's a small number of people, people whose immune systems are severely compromised, they should look at that third dose more as completing their regular vaccine series more than just the booster. This other one is boosters. This is for people who would just like that extra protection six months out after completing their Pfizer vaccine series. So thank you. I, I think that was very good, you know, delineating between a booster and the third shot. Uh, and, and it can, it can get confusing. Yes. I was confused okay. when I first saw it. That's why that was the first question that I asked him during the Zoom call we had because I wanted to be sure, okay, what's the difference between this and this? And he said, he, he did say, yeah, he likes, to, he likes to distinguish third dose versus booster. That third dose is really for people who 
for he he said basically it would provide the same protection for those people as it would for you know your regular person just taking the two dose you know that their their immune systems are better equipped after two doses versus those other people like you know if you're going undergoing chemotherapy you would really need that third dose right right so uh i i did think that that was important i wanted to talk about that the other thing that's important here in the community and and we're going to jump back to you uh david after you talk about this uh we're going to go to sports, but first I want you to mention, um, you know, the uh, the weather's cooling off and Fall Fest is this weekend that is going off without a hitch. Uh, you know, the uh, Parish Fair uh, was canceled, yeah. but Fall Fest is going forward again this Saturday. Tell us a little bit about what people can expect. Yeah, well, uh, it's a lot of shopping, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of shopping, a lot of food, uh, a lot of kids' activities, a lot of music. Uh, it's going to be a regular Fall Fest. I know... For Spring Fest, they didn't really have any of the kids' activities uh, because that was still kind of in a in a surge, or I can't remember exactly. I think we were maybe coming down. We were coming down from the winter surge. That was it. And uh, but they still there were still we were still under phases at that time. Well, now you know we're not under a phase. I mean, we're under just pretty much just the mask man, the indoor mask mandate. This is outside. They're gonna have 165 booths and. We all know last year in 2020, Spring Fest and Fall Fest were both canceled. Well, 2021, Spring Fest was able to come back, and they went it went pretty well. And now uh, Fall Fest is coming back. So I mean, it, and it, this is really Fall Fest is usually the bigger one too because this is kind of one. I mean, it's a couple months before uh, Christmas, so I mean, people are trying to get their holiday shopping in, and uh, it really kind of kicks off all the events that go on in the Antique Village because Christmas in the Village is really a big draw every year and last year we know that didn't happen and you know as of right now they're planning on doing their christmas in the village slate uh you know the light in the city hall christmas tree the parade and activity scene and uh you know uh, small business saturday they're planning on doing all those things chef's evening so uh fall fest uh they're they're looking for a good time i mean obviously the weather is always the last thing that they spend uh spend their the waning hours just uh fretting over just you know hoping that the rain holds off but uh as of right now looks i mean it says cloudy on the national weather service who knows it could change in a it could change in a day so uh so you know just wait to see but as of right now it looks like fall fest is going to be going on without a hitch and and there's no COVID restrictions on it right now so that that's the main thing you know the weather that's something that we always have to pay attention to regardless sure uh this is louisiana after all so uh, jumping over to rob you know talking about the weather weather's cooling off we're into the we're deep into the fall sports everybody's gotten started uh first and foremost let's let's talk about uh, what's going on in cross country uh i, I do and i don't want to speak out of turn but it, it has looked like uh miss boudreaux from albany uh, has been has been pacing things this she's, year. She's on a roll. If you guys have ever seen a race, uh, she just kind of sets the pace, and uh, everybody's trying to play catch up. And and that's no disrespect to anybody else, but uh, she's kind of on another level. She won the uh, it's uh, the Southland Steel Invitational, which was held at St. Thomas Aquinas over the weekend. Uh, and that was a second straight title, uh, first place finish for her. Uh, Albany didn't have enough people to to put a team score up, but. Uh, Caden's been on a roll. Um, then Live Oak also, they went to the uh, the Cub run at Mount Mel- Carmel. Uh, Sylvia White was 17th, and uh, Peyton Parker for the boys was 44th. Okay. So, okay. That's, uh, that's uh, yeah, like you said, we're, we're, uh, we're in it, man. It's, it's, it's rolling. Right. So uh, let's talk. I know um, 
Uh, well, or maybe you were being sent the scores. There was a volleyball game last night. Yes, yes. I, I actually went out and covered. Uh, I've, I've, I've been trying to make it uh, between uh, what's going on with personal stuff and, and getting uh, getting recovered from uh, hurricane stuff. I've been trying to make it out at least to, to, to one match a week if I can. Went out to uh, see Santa Maya and Walker. That was an opening district for Walker. Uh, Santa Maya got started real fast. They swept them in, uh, in three, 25-11, 25-15, and 25-19. This is one of those things, you know, uh, Coach Gidry from Walker just said, that, you know, they dug a hole. You, when you dig a hole like that, it's hard to get out of, and that's kind of what happened. They improved set by set, but uh, that first one was, was uh, they, they got behind real real early, had to kind of dig out. So, uh, you know, and this is it. They're just getting started in District 2, so this is uh, – they'll get another shot at them later on. Sure. So uh, do you have any standings for us for volleyball? No, I don't. No? Nope. I do not. Um they're just getting, like I said, they're just getting, just started, getting started in, in district here. So uh, maybe next week we can look at that and see what we got. Okay. Uh, well, then let's talk football. Sure. So we are uh, we are recording this on Wednesday. It will be released on Thursday uh, because if you didn't, if you hadn't seen them, we did talk with Parish Councilman Tracy Girlinghouse last Friday about zoning and river rules. Released those two Monday and Tuesday. You can see them on our Facebook page. Uh, so going into, we have a Thursday night slate this week. We have two games Thursday. Uh, so who, who's playing? We've got, uh, Walker be hosting the East Ascension and, uh, let's see, we've got Live Oak hosting, uh, Frederick Douglass and that'll be homecoming for them. Oh, oh. So, yeah, that's uh quick, isn't it? It is. Jeez. This started flying. Oh. Well, first let's talk about that heavyweight bout <laughs> between Walker and East Ascension. I mean, that surely that's going to be a, a, you know, Walker, was looking for that bounce back game, uh, kind of. You hate to use the word because it's kids playing kids, but they did. They demolished Bastrop, kind of got back on track. How did they do this last weekend? Um, well, you know, it's one of those things where you see sixty to twelve as a final score, and you go, Coach, man, it looks like you guys are rolling. They put up fifty, fifty some points uh, the week before, and uh, Coach Mahaffey was kind of like, No, you know, there's a lot of stuff we need to work on. And he said it wasn't our most crisp effort you know and he kind of focused on some just little stuff that may might stall drives you know little he said maybe a, a snap you know bad snap something like that and up, up a penalty something so when when you look at it you know i said hey man you're rolling he goes no <laughs> from my perspective and and you know coaches look at it with a different set of eyes and and i i wasn't at the game so i this is just me talking to him but at the same time, when you're when you're facing these ascension, I, I said this should give you guys a pretty good test, and you know he kind of chuckled. He goes, "Yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good one." You know they'll be starting district uh, district starts up next week, so he said this is kind of where they you know they'll find out really quick. Uh, really good gauge, called them a scary uh, team on film. Um, so they're they're looking forward to it. Uh, it's just seeing and and you know kind of putting those mistakes behind them. You know. Uh, Good thing for him, he's, he's been trying to establish that run game, uh, and they were able to do that a little bit. He said that might have been a little bit uh, in the way that Bastrop played them, not putting so many people in the box, so it kind of frees some stuff up. Sure. So it uh, will be interesting to see. I mean, uh, kind of trying to pace themselves going into district, right? Right, uh, right. This is, a, this is a great test. Should be a good game. That's where I'll be uh, tomorrow night. Okay. And then uh, tell us a little bit about what Live Oak's looking for. Live Oak, uh, they, they they go out and they get a win over uh, South Terrebonne. Uh, and, uh, for them, it was uh, they're able to kind of establish some stuff with a, a, a few different people in the ground game, which uh, Coach Westmoreland was really happy about. 
Uh, he said they like to get more people involved um, in that in that ground game. He's also pleased with the defense. Got a couple turnovers. One of them was an interception return for a touchdown by uh, Aiden Saunders. Uh, Aiden seems like he's been playing there forever. You know, been starting as a freshman. Uh, since he was a freshman, he's a senior now. Uh, we... What's the name of the guy that played for Clemson that everybody thought played for like seven years? Because Aiden reminds me of him. Why can't I think just... of his name? Ah, uh, it'll come to I, me. Yeah, I know ATN was there for a while too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was there. He, I don't know if that's who you're looking no, for. But no, he was no, there no, for no. A while. Hunter Renfro. Ren, Ren, yeah. Who was like a tenth yeah. year senior yeah. <laughs> playing football? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's just yeah. Aiden just, reminds I, me. That's, of that. that's 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 Aiden. You know, he's he's been there. You know, a couple of weeks ago scored a scored a touchdown. You know, so it's kind of gravy for him there. But right. Um, it, with Douglas, it's just he, he said they're going to bring a lot of pressure. So. uh that's something that they're going to account for defensively. That the, you know, the offensive line has to kind of be ready for that. And uh, he said they kind of in, in in early this week. Yesterday they got some weather, so it's kind of between weather and homecoming and all that stuff. He said it's been you know just getting ready for the game has kind of been a challenge in itself. Sure, sure. You, yeah, homecoming week can be distracting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's move to the Friday slate. So we got Denham, Springfield, and Albany left. What do they got going on? Um, Denham is going to be hosting Tara. It's going to be interesting, though. They were able to get a win over Franklinton last week, uh, 33-23. But in that uh, win, they lose Reese Mooney, their quarterback, to a uh, – Coach Beer called it a broken ankle. Uh, mm. He just goes – he carries, goes for a slide. It's kind of an awkward slide, and – he went to get up and uh, didn't quite get up, kind of limped off. And, you know, uh, I know he posted pictures on social media. He's, you know, in the in the wheelchair with the swollen ankle and everything. So uh, uh, Ryder Wygant came in and, and, you know, and this, this was on their second series of the game. So Ryder came in and kind of, you know, helped them get it done. Um, they also lost uh, Andrew Goodwin on the same series, a tight end. So they're going to be without four starters. Uh, for this game due to injury. So um, don't know uh, kind of what Reese's prognosis is. Some some are saying six to eight weeks. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but uh, it could be and, – and, and Coach Beard didn't commit to Ryder either. It could be Jerry Horn, who's a, who's a freshman. So either way, he said, you got a sophomore in Ryder or a freshman in Jerry. So it's one of those things where they'll – one of them brings something to the table, and the other one brings something else to the table. So we're going to try to see what's going on. He said the plus about it is that, uh, you know, when, when you throw your backup quarterback in there kind of into the mix right after an injury, there's really no preparation there. You, you're just kind of, okay, here's what we're going to do. In this aspect, you know what's going to happen, so you can prepare whoever your starter is as a starter. So they go in and say, here's the game plan, and we can stick to this. So. That's uh, that's what they're dealing with. Uh, gotcha. A little, little interesting situation there. So, yeah, that's that's tough. Those, those yeah. are those are tough. Um, you know, ankle injuries or uh, you know, it's touch, especially with a quarterback. That's yeah. that's touch and go because yeah. you got to plant on that either that's, foot. That's uh, just one of those deals, man. Sure. So uh, let's talk about uh, the last two on the eastern side: Springfield and Albany. Uh, who you want to go with first? Let's do Springy. Um, Springfield, uh, the, the thing that coach, uh, surpasses harping on, um, they got Ben Franklin on Friday. Uh, they lose to slaughter charter. It was, uh, 28 to 20. 
Actually, let me make sure. Clicking on this. 28-20, but they go down 22 to nothing in the first quarter. Uh, they're driving really well. He said, we're able to establish what we want to. Things are working like we want. And uh, first drive, they fumbled and uh, was returned. I think uh, I think that was a, the, the drive where they had a uh, fumble return for a touchdown really quickly. So it's it's one of those things, and, and he's sticking with it. Uh, he's like, we just got to get off to a fast start because we – you know, he said, uh, and he, he's going back to to the jamboree. You know, when uh, when they played Independence, fell behind early, and then kind of come back, and then they wind up losing. You know, come up short there, and it's just something that's happened for them. Uh, you know, and he said another part of what's happening for it, and and you don't want to make excuses, but they uh, they've been without uh, Rick Bignair, who's a big part of what they do offensively and defensive. He's out with a an, an ankle injury. So he said that changes what we we do, you know, and changes some some of the things that we we can do uh, in terms of maybe big plays and and getting some stops on the back end and def- on the defensive end. So, so trying to you know it, it's like you're right there, yeah, but kind of yeah. like Coach Mahaffey, you still got plenty to work. Yeah, on. yeah. So it's you know you, you you look at it and it's it's one of those things. And they had a shot at the end. They you know had a shot, uh, had some time left, and threw an interception uh, on one of their later drives, and it, it allowed uh, Slaughter to kind of run the clock out. So it, it wasn't uh, you know, but you still you're playing catch up. That that's the whole thing. You think we're playing catch up, and and that's you know we trying to figure we're trying to figure out ways to for the guys to get off to that fast start so we're not playing catch-up the whole time. So Sure. And last but certainly not least, let's hit up Albany. Um, Albany, uh, they're, they're going to uh, – they've got Riverside this week at home, um, and they're coming off a loss to Parkview's 22-12. to 12. Um, But, you know, you look at that, and Coach Knight was like – he said you can look at it and say it's a, it's a loss, but he said I was really proud of the way the guys competed. Um, they're going in. They didn't have J.J. Doherty, and they're probably not going to have him this week either uh, with a shoulder injury. So Aiden Castile, sophomore, came in and, and uh, got to start for him. Uh, he's going to get to start again this week, uh, more than likely. So um, he said it's just kind of kind of building on what they do. You know, it, it, you, you can't, you, you know, you, you look at a loss, but he, he just said the way they competed. He goes, they never, never quit. You know, just kept kept fighting, and that's what he wants to see from them. Right. So, uh, lots of sports coverage the last about 10 minutes of the show. If you need to go back and uh, take a listen, we talked about cross-country, volleyball, and football. So, into the fall sports in a big way. Uh, David, going to jump back over to you now. I uh, want to talk a little bit about, and Mr. Jeff Taylor, our assessor, will be coming in to talk about this. Uh, but he spoke to the parish council uh, about, and, and, and this is a yearly deal where the assessor um, comes and talks to the parish council about the total taxable value of real estate in Livingston Parish. Uh, this year, um, it, it kind of funny, uh, you know, they went through the uh, review period, uh, adjusted the books, had all the numbers ready, and then Ida. So yep. that's going to kind of that's going to kind of affect where things go. Let it, tell us how that's going to work. Well, I mean, it was looking good initially um, for this year. It, the taxable value would have been five hundred and three million for the parish, which was an increase of twenty million from twenty twenty, and that's even still counting uh, uh, 
Mr. Taylor said uh, the COVID discounts that you know some businesses got you know just because they still haven't gotten back to normal operations from the pandemic, but then like you said, Ida hit. So and this is something that he talked about, or this is something that uh, happened after the flood in 2016. Uh, Jeff Taylor had to, you know, had and it was around the same time, and I mean, uh, middle of August when you know when he would typically have his value set and getting ready to pre present to the parish council, and then, and then a uh, major nat uh, natural disaster hit. So he, uh, I haven't spoken to him this week, but the last time we had spoke, he had not determined what the reduction would be, and he probably, you know, that's obviously something that he's going to present to the council. So he hasn't publicly uh, made any sort of a declaration yet. But uh, he said, you know, during the flood, uh, he basically broke up reductions over four years to give to give a total of an 85 percent reduction to property owners. And that, now we all know we pay we pay the property taxes and those go toward, you know, go toward the communities, you know, uh, whatever the communities uh, need. That, that's the money that goes towards that. So there will be and that that was a main message he wanted to stress to people is with, you know, with property values. With though with those property owners getting reductions in their property values, that means there's going to be less money that is put into into the parish, you know, where whether it be the council, school board, sheriff's office, all that. And that that's really the main message he wanted to stress was all those uh entities need to get ready to uh basically he said tighten their belts. I mean, it's going to be it's going to affect everybody. He said it's going to affect his office. And so he's still you know, in the midst of uh, completing those assessments, we'll see whenever he comes in uh, to visit with you next week if they've completed those. I know as of last week, the, they were about 45% done or around 50% done. So, uh, so you know, so we, we don't know yet how, how much he's done over the last week, but we'll know, uh, you know, next week. But uh, he also kind of said that he doesn't know if he's really looking for, looking toward doing, uh, this, the kind of uh, discount he did after the flood, you know, where you break it up, uh, where you break it up over a certain amount of years because he's saying people need this now. So, um, but, you know, like you said, he doesn't really know yet what he's going to do because he has to complete the assessments first before he could determine what sort of discount to give to property owners. But basically, he, he wanted us to pass this message if you had damage from Ida to call the tax assessor's office. That is the most important thing right now to call the assessor's office and be able to, uh, you know, bring documentation of the damage you have because, you, you know, if 50% of your home is damaged, he said you would get 50% discount. So basically it's going to be a case by case basis. There's also going to be a flat uh, reduction, you know, across the board, but there will be case by case basis where if you have more damage, you will get more of a reduction. So um, that's, that's really important stuff to be uh, looking for over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, and please, uh, the assessor's office, of course, you can find their number online. Uh, they have a brand spanking new office uh, right in front of the parish governmental offices in the parish courthouse in the town of Livingston, right, almost right next to the interstate. I can't say it is right next to the interstate, but it's right there. It's very close. Please go contact them if you did have eye to damage. Uh, of course, it's important. Uh, you know, you, your property is not worth as much right now. I don't want to say you've earned that reduction. That That's not the right way to put it. Uh, but I, I guess you are entitled uh, to that reduction. I also, uh, I can't remember, did we talk about our national merit finalists last week? No, we did not. 
let's let, let's do that because I, I believe they deserve to be to be mentioned. They they are on the front page this week. Uh, we have two uh, this year that are among I, I believe it's ten thousand nationwide. Uh, so if you consider there's probably about forty million kids uh, nationwide, that that that's a pretty that's a pretty stellar accomplishment. We've had some national merit finalists in the past, but we always want to recognize them. So. Uh, when you are ready, sir. Yeah, no, uh, I, and I, can't, I cannot pronounce her last name. I'm assuming Sydney Juno. It's J-U-N-O-T. She is from Denham High, and then Matthew Larpenter from Denham Springs High. Those are our two national merit semifinalists. And actually, I believe it's uh, you have sixteen thousand semifinalists. Okay, which is, I mean, the zero point zero one percent of all students nationwide. So I mean, uh, you know, being a semifinalist in itself is a pretty, uh, pretty surreal accomplishment. And then that'll be dwindled down to the finalists, and then from the finalists, you will have your national merit winners, which is about seventy five hundred across the country. Uh, you know, they 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 get scholarships that go toward their uh post secondary education. So, so yeah, I mean, these are two kids who uh who are very involved in their communities. Uh, if you read, I know each of them scored in the mid, mid to high thirties on their SATs, excuse me. I can't remember their exact score, but, uh, but so yeah, very, very intelligent kids. And yeah, like you said, Livingston Parish usually has one or two of these a year. I know. And I can't remember if they had had them last year's cause last year was such a wacky year, uh, 2020 because of COVID. But, uh, the year before they, uh, Livingston Parish actually had four kids that were, uh, that actually made national merit finalists, so they made it past the semifinalist phase to the finalist phase. So, so I mean, yeah, lives in Paris. I think every year, other than twenty twenty, and like I said, I, can't, I don't know for sure yet if twenty twenty they didn't have the competition just because COVID nineteen just wrecked everything. Uh, every year that I've been here, which is now going moving toward five years, Jesus, <laughs> it's uh, they they've had they've had a semifinalist every year, at least one. And some you know in some years they've had two. And some schools, uh, I know Live Oak or no Denham and Live Oak two years ago each had two. So I mean, so that's something that Livingston Parish schools are you know kind of getting used to now. Sure, sure. And I don't know if being here five years requires calling out the name of the Lord, but uh, <laughs> we're glad you're here. Was, we we yeah, like amen. having you here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and all the brothers and sisters, they said amen. So uh, thank you both. I'm uh, going to let you guys introduce yourself as we, uh, we're we going to head into our usual weekly group meeting here at the Livingston Parish News. So uh, this time on the introductions, we're going to start on my and the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the News. And on the left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate all of you guys out there for joining us. Appreciate these two gentlemen taking their time to come give us the lowdown on what's going on in Livingston Parish. Please remember that the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. You can find these podcasts and all the other interviews we do on any podcast platform. They are also on our website as well, and we post full video versions on our Facebook page. We do hope you have a great day. Hope everybody has a chance to make it out to Fall Fest this Saturday. Go local sports teams and go Tigers. Big big game this weekend against Auburn. So that's going to be interesting. It's, I think it's going to be the first benchmark to see where they really are. Uh, so it's going to be a good game. So hope everybody has a great rest of the week, a great weekend, and we will see you next time.